Welcome back to another episode of the Dealing with Life Stuff podcast. My name is Fernando. And I'm Randy. And today we're talking about your past and how it does not define you. Randy, I think uh, you and I come from different backgrounds, but similar in a certain way. Yep, yep. You want to kind of kick us off and give us some context and perspective on what it was like growing up with your parents? Yeah, yeah. So I did not grow up in a very wealthy household. Um, my parents uh, did not have a ton of money, and my mom ended up dying when she was in bankruptcy. And, um, you know, growing up, utilities were cut off pretty semi-frequently. You know, I would go to high school um, sometimes without being able to shower because the water was turned off. And I was always very embarrassed about that, very ashamed. Um, and, you know, as far as professions go, my dad was a truck driver slash drug dealer, and my mom was a speech pathologist. Um, and yet here I am, I, you know, I, here I am at 25, and I make more money now than my parents did combined. And it's a very, very surreal thing I try to, you know, put my life into perspective with. Um, so when I, when I say my dad was a drug dealer, I mean that my dad manufactured meth out of uh, semi-trucks is what I understand. And um, <laughs> so truck driver and drug dealer kind of go hand in hand whenever I mention that about him. Um, but yeah, I, for me, I, my mom always wanted the best for me. And she always put herself in a position, in a dis- disadvantageous position financially just so I could have a better life and be able to uh, look for the positive things and be able to succeed in, in ways that, that she or my dad were never able to. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's my, my quick <laughs> little summary. And, and you want to share yours, Fernando? Yeah, it's crazy how finances sets up the landscape of your upbringing yeah you know for me my dad was in and out of the picture my whole life but you know my parents got divorced when when i was seven my dad was a truck driver basically my whole life there was a few few years where i think he did some other stuff he worked at a uh, truck um like a petroleum refinery place and did Mm -hmm. some some type of oil work but for for the most part my whole life you know he was a truck driver he passed away my senior year in uh in high school or in college you know a few months before graduating college and so we'll we'll get into my relationship with him in another podcast episode but Mm -hmm. um same thing growing up my mom was a um or was is a house cleaner homemaker um entrepreneur and when I say that is, you know, from an early age, she's always been finding ways to hustle and make ends meet to pay pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, we she She's a really good cook. Um, and so she would sell tacos. She sells tacos. She sells pasteles, um, you know, cakes and that kind of thing. And so she always found a way to use her her gift on cooking to be able to pay for bills. But from as early as I can remember, she's always worked two or three jobs just to be able to still not pay the bills. Um, you know, grew up with government assistance, grew up with housing, grew up with food stamps, grew up with WIC and um, what's other Medicaid stuff. And so mm-hmm. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge debt to to the government, but that's a, a tangent. But anyways, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, my mom has always wanted the best for me. And similar to your mom, there's debt that she's paying for right now that she accumulated throughout my whole life trying to buy his clothes to go to school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's st- still paying that off. And that's one of the reasons why I hustle so hard is 
how do I get to a point financially where I can turn it back and, and give it to her? But, you know, we'll keep this conversation going. Um, you know, what are some of the things that you think really hit you hard uh, in setting you up for for your mindset that you currently have? Uh I will, I will answer that, but first I want to point out that uh, the similarity between you and your mom and that you're both very busy people, yeah. um, you've just had the fortune to, to know how to use your skills in order to make a, a really great living. Um, but it sounds like your mom's hustle mentality transferred over very well. Well, I think she transferred it over to me. <laughs> uh, when I was, I tell people about when I was seven, um, I don't know if I was seven, between seven and 10, you know, she would make the food mm-hmm. and then she would go with us and she would say, go knock on that door over there and ask them if they want to buy tacos. Mm-hmm. Go knock on that door over there and ask them if they want to buy a slice of cake. And so from an early age, she put me in in, in like in the forefront and say, hey, we're going to pay the bills. We're doing this as a family and I'm not going to let you, you know, at home. Mm-hmm. We got to go and grind. And so even, even uh, after I figured out my dyslexia problem, I was out there giving kids lessons in math <laughs> when I was still in elementary and I was getting paid for it. Nice. And so, yeah, you know, you know it's, it's a good observation there that, you know, she, her hustle definitely translated over to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I've already forgotten the question. Guys. Yeah. So like, what do you think if there was a, a situation or just something that may have happened in your upbringing that, may, that created the mindset that you currently have right now? Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of things really. Um, so when I was in high school, uh, I was very, you know, I was very involved with band and saxophone was my big claim to fame. And that was kind of everything I had in my life at the time. I was saxophone and video games and I played Magic the Gathering uh, professionally for a little bit too. But um, when I, my senior year of high school, I made Allstate Band and I made Allstate Band because I put in a lot of effort to make Allstate Band. I was practicing hours a day. And that was the first time I couldn't remember of really putting in work to achieve something. Um, I was very fortunate growing up to kind of always just do well in school without having to put in a lot of effort. Um, and when I got to high school, I, I had to put in more effort to have gotten, if I wanted better grades, but I was fine getting B's and C's because I, I didn't have to put in much effort. But putting in the effort to make Allstate Band was a big thing for me because it was like, oh, wow, I really like this feeling of, of this, this triumph I feel, and I'm really proud that I worked for this to, to get it. Um, and then I went, to, went off to UNT, and I ended up quitting music my first semester. Two weeks in to marching band, I was like, no, nah, nah, I'm done. Um, and it was just, it was too much for me, and I just hated it then. And I think a lot of it probably had to do with my ego because I went from being on top of the world to being hey, you're kind of middle of the pack. Um, and that was a big, big shocker to me. And then, so my first semester of college is when my dad died. Um, they just found him in his apartment one day. And I was, it, it wasn't as much of a shock to me as I think people would think it would expect it to be. He and I had a big falling out and I already knew you know, he was going off the deep end. He wasn't doing well, you know, drug addiction and alcoholism catches up to you. And so I kind of saw the end coming. Um, but I still decided, okay, well, you know, dad's gone. I've still got mom. I'm going to figure out what I want to do in college. And, um, and I was also overweight at the time. And that's important to mention because the year after my dad died was when I finally decided, okay, I'm going to put in the effort 
to become fit and lose weight. And that same kind of effort when I decided to make Allstate band and within, and I lost a hundred pounds in about four months and I've kept it off for almost six years now. Um, and that's a story for another time. But, uh, at the end of me losing that weight, the first time or, or, or losing that weight, uh, was when my mom died. And I remember the day I found her, I was, I had just had this moment in my head where I was like, all right, well, you don't get to be a lazy kid anymore. You, you get to be, you're an adult now. Um, and you've got to pay bills. And like, I didn't have money to, uh, to pay rent. Rent was already late <laughs> and I had to figure out how I was going to pay rent. And I had a job within, within a week. And this was the week before finals too, but that was the first, first semester I ever finished on Dean's list too, was the semester my mom died. Um, so that, that semester, despite everything was really a moment for me where I was like, okay, this sucks right now and I'm going through a lot, but I can see that if I put in this kind of effort and work in the way that I'm working, then there'll be a positive outcome. So that was kind of the big impactful moment for me was when I was like, okay, this hard work that you've, you've dabbled in, let's go all in because you have, you literally have nothing to lose. I guess I want to jump into a different angle, but before I do that, why do you think, what do you think made you excel when your mom passed away? And what I mean by that is there's plenty of people that I talk to that, that sink. Mm-hmm. Like that turning point isn't the switch on. Well, as as weird as it's going to sound, I kind of saw my I kind of saw only two options for myself. The first option was to just give up and die. That was and as grim and as morbid as that sounds, um, saying it out loud, that was literally what ran through my head. I was like, all right, well, you can give up and die, or you can go be the best version of yourself. And and, and for whatever reason, it was a black and white decision for me. Yeah, same same thing for me. I'm going to, I guess, touch on this and then I'll kind of back up. Mm-hmm. My dad passes away my senior year. And this is like after experiencing my grandma dying, my grandpa dying, and two cousins dying. Mm-hmm. All in the matter of those four years, right? Um, and so my uh, one of my professors tells me, hey, it's okay if you take a break and go cope through this. You know, you can talk to the university and they'll give you a break mm-hmm. and they'll refund your tuition and et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, why would I do that? Mm-hmm. Like, how is that honoring someone's death by just giving up? Right. But it's crazy how so many people, you know, based on so many experiences from their past that, and I hate to say it this way, but they fall into this victim mentality and to say, you know, poor me, I really can't take this and and, and they move that route. Mm-hmm. And so I completely understand that there's certain stories that put you in a really bad place where you that's the only route you can take. Mm-hmm. But I think <clears throat> as you're developing your character, as you're growing up and, and going through college, it's a it's critical that you find a way to leave it to that black or white on and off. Mm-hmm. Because if you let your life be lived in this gray zone you're always going to feel like there's there's multiple routes for you to take instead of just uh, succeed yeah, right, and go. And you know the weird thing, and now that, now that I'm thinking about it and with talking with you, I, would, I think I'd rather die than be in the gray zone. And I, and I mean that sincerely. It's just 
I, I would rather work and be exceptional than than not and just be okay and be complacent. Yeah, because that gray is you. you know, you're never anything. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's I, maybe that's my ego talking. But I, the idea of just like okay, I'm just gonna list lazily through life now. Just that terrifies me. Yeah, one of my biggest fears, other than you know, a few other things, but is untapped potential or dying mm-hmm. with, my, with with potential in me. I know there's always more to live, but not fulfilling my greatness mm-hmm. is what scares me. Um, I guess the other thing is, you know, in this topic, the whole not letting your past define you. There's been so many statistics that I could have, so many excuses that I could have used to say why I'm not successful. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, um, growing up in, in South Texas, not a lot of opportunity there, according to statistics. Um, being raised by a first or being first generation, being raised by a single mom, uh, growing up below the poverty line, mm-hmm. being dyslexic, failing the first grade. Um, the list goes on and on and on, but I think that all of those excuses and statistics that people let those labels define them mm-hmm. is what I I think really affects people with being successful is they think that someone else's label has to become the reality. Yeah. And I, I, I'm really glad to use the word label because that's something I've thought about recently. Um, whenever you identify with a label, you tend to take on all the characteristics of that label to try and make your own life a little bit easier to understand. And I think that's not a great way to go through things because we as people are so much more complex than a label. So it's like, we could label Fernando a Hispanic and then suddenly, you know, he has all these traits of the Hispanic community, but that's not true. That's not who Fernando is. Fernando is Fernando. And he has all of these great individual qualities that can't be defined by just a label. And I think that fits really well into the idea of your past, not defining you. So like, yes, we've experienced these things, but so what? Like, it's a new day, you're still alive, and you have the opportunity to go do something you want to do or do something different, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, my thoughts go to to the power of yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I suffer with this, and I think this is something we've been talking, we've talked about in the past, is, you know, I'll go into a situation, and I'll look at everybody being successful or coming from a family who used to go on vacations or used to go to this and, you know, people talk about, oh yeah, I'm going to Africa, this and that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can afford all these things. And in my head, I still have this past of eating beans and rice as my main mm-hmm. course, right? Mm-hmm. Of having to eat a piece of bread with mayonnaise and hot sauce. And like, that was my meal. Mm-hmm. And I, and my brain goes to those thoughts. And I think to myself, you know, I'll never be able to do that. Or I don't, I, I'm, I'm one of the poor people or I can do this and I can do that. And sometimes I struggle with letting my upbringing impact my future. Mm. But it's important to think of the, have the mindset of, hey, you know what? Maybe even though I'm successful now, and but I still can't afford these things yet. Mm-hmm. And I think that has a lot of power in itself because it reminds you that, it keeps you grounded to know your past, mm-hmm. but being stuck in your past sometimes doesn't let you 
move in the direction of, of where you're wanting to go. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very easy to put yourself in this, uh, this downward spiral. If you're just like, Oh, woe is me. Um, and it's very important to just not accept that and just be like, I'm, you know, I'm damn determined to not let that be who I am. So what do you tell people who, who say, well, Randy, you got it easy. Um, you, you went to school and you met the right people and you have the right job. What's the first thing that comes to mind when people tell you that? Sorry, you think that because that to me just sounds like a pessimistic attitude and, uh, that being a pessimist is hard to, to overcome, but I think it's, I don't think it's a good quality to have personally. And what do you think is the first step? And again, we're going to preface with, we're not psychologists. Right, right. But what do you think is the first step someone should take when they have this negative mindset of, I would never be able to do that because I come from a poor family? Um, I think, and, some, and this is something I did, was if I wanted something, I started asking, how do I get that? And whether it was from of an older generation or the internet if I saw, if I, and I still do this to the day, but if I see something I want, I go, okay, how do I get that? And then it's figuring out the process of what steps do I need to take? What, what aspects of my character do I need to improve in order to, to achieve that? And, uh, and once you kind of have a, a plan laid out in front of you and steps to take, that's for me, that's always been like, okay, cool. Now I just go down this road and then maybe I end up where I, where I plan to be, or maybe I don't, and I find somewhere better. Um, but I think every, every chance you have, if you want to overcome a pessimistic attitude, you really have to train yourself to look for silver linings. And it's not something that comes to naturally to a lot of people. And I think especially in today's world, it doesn't come naturally to a lot of people, but it's a skill you can acquire. And it's a skill everyone has. It's how good are you at it? And, um, how much time do you want to put in to be good at it? I think that's that's key right there is how much time you want to put into it because so many people have told me, well, Fernando, you've you you've met a bunch of people and you know you're successful because of this and that and you had an advantage and et cetera, et cetera. But everything that I've had and everything that I've found success in and everything that's helped me develop has been free shit. Mm-hmm. Like I've just taken advantage of a bunch of free stuff. Yeah. Like YouTube University has been there for me mm-hmm. for for years now. Uh, organizations, volunteer organizations, all this stuff is free. Mm-hmm. But I took advantage of it and I put the time in. Yeah. And I think that's what so many people are looking for is they're looking for a way to a ticket out, something yeah. that they can pay for or you know put some money towards, and it'll erase their past and it'll give them all these skills that they they need to have in order to be successful and that's bullshit like yeah you can't pay your way out of success mm-hmm. you know yeah you can pay for training and, and development but at the end of the day money is not an issue when you want to find success because there's plenty of free resources out there and people like yourself people like myself mm-hmm. who want to help others be successful yeah and you know something i i hadn't, I hadn't thought about this in forever but I remember when I decided I was going to be in real estate, I literally bought a couple textbooks and I read them cover to cover. And I just quizzed myself on what I had just learned because I learned that in one of my college classes. If you want to help uh, help yourself retain information, it's ask yourself, what did I just learn? And then explain it to yourself. And But I, I went, I don't even remember how many textbooks it was, but I read a lot. <laughs> and I just was like, okay, because I'm going to be good at this and I'm going to do this well. So what do I need to do to get there? How do I need to go about doing this? 
You think there's anything else that we should talk about as far as as far as the past goes? Yeah, I mean, you can you can blame any problem you've got on anything in the world, but the real challenge and the real thing that shows character is being able to say, "Yes, I don't like the situation I'm I'm in, but I'm doing something about it." And that gives me peace. Yeah, I talked to somebody about this this past weekend. I think it was my Lyft driver on the on the way back home. Uh, I don't know how the conversation went on. And so we, I shared with her, at the end of the day, so many people get caught up of where they've been and where they're going. And they get paralyzed or analysis by paralysis, or paralysis by analysis. Yeah. And the biggest recommendation I have for people is forget your past, forget your future, just take the next step. Mm-hmm. If you can take the next step, then you'll take another one and another one. But so many people get caught up with, well, I'm not good at studying. Well, I'm not a good test taker. Well, I'm not this. Okay, you weren't a good test taker. You know, same thing for me, right? Mm-hmm. I struggle with taking tests, but at the end of the day, I can continue to have that label of me being a bad test taker and being dyslexic, or I can just say, I'm going to take the next step and study. Yeah. And if I fail, then I fail. And I'm going to take another step and continue to study until I pass that test. Right. Yeah. And that, again, back to labeling. If you label yourself as a bad test taker, then that's probably how you're going to approach a test. And you're just going to give up before you've even tried. Yeah. And I think, you know, we took um, this episode to kind of talk about our past and our parents and where we come from and where we want to go. But I think it's important for people to think about their past in different contexts mm-hmm. and not necessarily just who they who their parents were or their family was, but also think about the experiences that they haven't lived. And so if they're struggling in with their past, not taking advantage of certain opportunities or resources, mm-hmm. that was who you used to be. You can continue to move on and say, I'm now a person who takes advantage of this or that, and I'm going to take the next step. And so I just want to encourage you all to take pride in where you're coming, where you came from, humble yourself um, stay grounded, but don't let your past define you and just continue to move forward. Well said. Well said. So we'll see you guys in the next episode. See y'all later.